This is brutal power, wrapped in an elegant machine. Welcome back, darling. He got checked, the champ. Kingston Town can't win. It's going to get desperate. But a champion becomes a legend. From, from, from the cast, leaving the ball. Gate holders months ago. Here he comes. Boom, right over the top. But at the post, it is 15, Lance Clare. She'll have to pogo stick over the field to win from there. Strike me, pinky, thread at the eye of the needle. Can he stay up? Closing time. You can take me G'day everybody. Welcome to this week's podcast. Not a lot of feature racing on the East Coast or in Australia in general, only the Carrington Stakes in Randwick. So we will head to Chartin later on. Bring on Andrew Lejeune to discuss the two group ones. Golden 60 going around, so plenty of interest in that. But the first thing we have to address, Adam, I'm going to say the hatred of Pike to Sydney on Twitter this week. Was there hatred? There was a fair bit of, I don't know, There's well, there wasn't a lot of love. No, well, I don't, I don't know, maybe not. I think there's, he's divisive, isn't he? Yeah, it's weird, I love him. Well, go on, make your, make your case. I know this is, you've got to get this off your chest, so do it. <laughs> No need for introductions, just do it. Just make your ode to Willie Pike, do it. I owe it. I think the idea that he's going to come to Sydney and struggle to get a ride is... That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. I think the big thing for jockeys, obviously, you always talk about is getting on the right horses and his biggest asset is he can ride anywhere weights-wise, which when you see riders go to Hong Kong, you know... Blake Shin, for instance, when you can't ride light, it makes it really hard because you only have a small selection of horses. And if the better horses are at the top of the weights, you've got to beat Zach and Joe. And if they're down in the weights, well, you can't ride them anyway. So it makes it hard, whereas he's going to be able to ride everything. And the comparisons with J-Mac, Hugh Bowman, Nash are all respectable, but he can ride light. So he gets a full range of horses, which they don't. And... I think people have short memories when you look at his success in Melbourne. I don't think people realise how well he actually did in Melbourne. I think a fair comparison... Thankfully, you're here to tell us. Yeah, yeah. I think a fair (laughs) comparison is J-Mac. Obviously, when he goes down to Melbourne, it's hit and run missions. He's not punching them around in, you know, your benchmark 70s. He's going down for the real deal. So, in the last two years, J-Mac's had 53 rides in Melbourne for 12 wins and expected wins of 9.2. So it's going at 1.3, which, you know, good going, as you would expect from J-Mac. Yeah. You look at Willie, he's had 197 rides in Melbourne in the last two years. For, That's more than most people would think. Yeah, for 33 wins and expected wins 27.1. So 1.22, obviously a much bigger sample, almost four times what J-Mac's done and a very similar wins expected against the market. So... Yeah, I think, to be honest, I've got him on par. And if I'm being really honest, I actually would have Pike ahead of J-Mac. Um, yeah, okay, I wouldn't, but... I think if you bet... <laughs> it, it depends. Like but you, I know what you're saying. I mean, you Willie Pike it, is yeah. a num- Like, his numbers are fantastic. And the idea that those numbers won't translate at all... I, you're right. The, a jockey's number one skill is getting on the right horses. And, and maybe, I mean, certainly in Sydney, that would be harder for him. I mean, he's not going to. His average odds in Sydney is going to be a lot higher than it is in Perth, where he's you know he barely rides one outside the market. He's going to, so his frequency of wins is is going to drop. But I don't see why his efficiency or you know whatever we can try and 
identify as his skill isn't going to change. Yeah, I think if if you bet Perth full time, which I do, I think, I mean, you love him because a if he's riding one you don't like, you get a bonus on everything else because it's going to start shorter than it probably should. And B, if you do like one he likes, yeah, you've got to maybe pay a bit of a tax, but but he still outrides the market in Perth. Yeah, when we looked at that before, he was um. The market asks a lot of him in Perth, and obviously, as I said, he rides a lot of short price favourites, which I would see as almost a positive. So, you know, the idea that he would be, you know, feel the pressure of riding in the the big smoke of Sydney seems ridiculous. He's he's riding short price, you know, high expectation week in week out. He's he's dealt with that. No, no trouble, but um, the fact that the market can't keep up with him over there is um, unbelievable. Even, even though he's he's obviously so well fanned and so well fancied and, and so obvious, um, and rides big name horses over there, um, there must be skill. Like his numbers over there are too dominant to um, yeah, to so all be like or all be the fact that I mean it's with jockeys it's always the, the chicken and the egg thing, isn't it? Is he a a good jockey because he gets on the best horses, or does he get on the best horses because he's a good jockey? I think how. I would – I love J-Mac, as you know. So I know people might be listening going, how could you have him above J-Mac? I think you over-love J-Mac, which yeah. makes this even weirder for me. <laughs> yeah, it shows how much Pike he's made me – Means to you. Yeah, he means <laughs> to me. But I think the I there's not many races I watch where you see Pike get him home and they only win because he's on. If you watch WA Racing, you'll know what I mean. There's sometimes when he somehow wins on these horses – and you just, how? Like, how did that win? And there's no other jockey for me that does that. I've got to say, as a far less frequent um, visitor to Perth for a bet or even just to, to watch the feature races over there, the thing that I always enjoy watching with him is, and you would know whether this is, I'm just tuning in at the right time, or but he just seems to land there on the line at the right time too often for it to be a fluke. Yeah. Like, his timing is obviously pretty slick, right? Yeah. I went to um, the WA Derby that Regal Power won, and it, oh, how it was like you know I was I was there pretty much to to see this this good horse win with Pike on. That was the whole point of the day for me. Was I'm going to the races to to see this, and um, he was nowhere. And then all of a sudden he was he was never ever in the race except for the last stride where he <laughs> bang there he is. And I know he's the best horse, but it was. Um, it was something to watch, that's for sure. And and again, the the expectation on him that day was was massive, and he stood up to it. So, um, He's yeah, got, I mean, that's that's he, what all the good, well, not just jockeys, sportsmen do is that yeah. they they basically they get the hype and then they they over deliver anyway, and that's always the the sign of a um an outstanding sportsman. Do you want to talk about Dustin Martin in twenty seventeen? Oh. Huge hype and just continues to over deliver. I could talk about that for a while. <laughs> we go, we go. I don't think we've got enough time. The big one for me with Pike is he's got like his highlight reel is better than any other jockey as well. Like I know it's it doesn't always work, but the sit back, the patience and I don't think any other when he won on Mass Crusader at the Valley, not many jockeys would have done that either. And I think that's what separates him as in yeah, he's just he's a freak. He'll win the Doncaster. Because <laughs> that's what everyone's got to forget. No bossy. You know what that means? The number one lightweight jock. Is Dean Yandel, yep. No, the number one light <laughs> lightweight chance is up for grabs, which means Pike's going to get it because he already goes yeah. above all Maybe that. that's what the, the knock is, that the the politics side of things, maybe maybe Pike isn't popular and people don't want to put him on. But yeah. if they're, they're logical about it and, and if they look at the numbers, I think they, 
they will. But I always, as you know, shake my head about some of these. I mean, there's a lot to consider and, and there's a lot more than just the numbers to consider, but I've been shaking my head for the past four to six weeks watching Luke Nolan ride out of his skin and get no rides. So He's a nice guy too. What's doing there? I don't know. No, I don't. I don't know. Well, I'm, seems like I'm out nice of the guy. loop, so I don't really know what the. Um, I don't know what the story is outside of the numbers. I'm just looking at my little niche, but my little niche is saying, why, why is Luke Nolan not riding full books on Saturdays? Because his numbers are great at the moment. They've been great for this season, like you know, an extended six, eight, maybe even further back. Can't remember, but it's certainly. I mean, who knows? Who knows? And I mean, there's other things to consider, like loyalty and, and trainers want to reward guys who turn up and, and ride track work for them, which is all understandable and probably good business. So I'm not, you know, there's other reasons to consider other than my numbers. But damn, man. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, eventually, you know, it's a big money game, right? You want to win. And that's why, I mean, the quality of, of a guy like Willie Pike has to eventually just override any any nonsense on the side. And like the guy's going to ride you winners at a really efficient rate. If yeah. you've got horses that, you know, as you say, rides light, if you've got horses that are um, going to the races, he's a, a really good option for you. So surely that you know, his talent will demand that he gets on some good horses. Yeah, and from a betting perspective, it's exciting. In the it's sense. a great experiment too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, maybe he won't, but I'll I mean, be... the idea that he, oh, he'll be a C grader, he'll be at the provincials in Sydney, I mean... <laughs> As anyone like, do people look at who rides? And I say this with all due respect, but like, because yeah. they're not bad jockeys. But like, Jason no. Collett's second in the Metro Premiership in Sydney. I mean, Jason Collett is Willie Pike light. Yeah, get back, hug the fence. Yeah, yeah, stick to the rail. Yeah, he, he is. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I. I mean, it's um. I don't know whether people are underrating Pike or whether they're overrating the the Sydney the Sydney jockey Because Damien Lane struggled when he came up to Sydney. It's always my favorite. Neil Evans. Yeah. <laughs> What did he say? He won't I can't make remember it exactly. But it was, he almost rode the. It's like he'll slate. never make it in Sydney, and then he rode the uh, two-year-old Triple Crown in twelve months at basically with three things well out of the market. I think he won the Derby as well. He'd had like six rides in Group Ones in Sydney for four wins or something. Just won't cut it. Mate. <laughs> he won't cut it outside of Victoria. Yeah. I think the, that was before he went and rode half a dozen Group One winners in Japan as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people, you know, the racing Twitter sort of towards Pike, they tune in, you know, when they're probably. 12 deep at the pub, they see him on a favourite and he gets beat and then they hate him. I think that's the, for me, that seems to be a thing. Cause we talked All the about best jockeys have bad, like, glaring unlucky losers as well. Ollie does that, J-Mac does that because yeah. they try and win. Yeah. They don't try you want them and they to. don't, um, they'll take risks to convert thirds and fourths doing nothing wrong to try and win. Yeah. And so that comes with the risk of, you know, you risk not just running a neat third and saying, oh, I gave him every chance. You you might slaughter it, but you, over the long term, you ride winners. And that's what, I always think that's J-Mac's best asset. Yeah. Is that he'll, um, he'll go out and he'll take the risks to win. And that's much easier. And that was always Ollie's big thing for mine as well. But that was, and that was always sort of the, the thing that made those those guys better. But it's easy to do when you're in, their position where like if you know if you're J Mac or Damien Oliver you 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 sort of carve one up trying to yeah. convert a third into a first but you come you know you come back in you take the saddle off and you say well you know that's a shame guys but I'll see you next week with yeah. a full book because I'm Damien Oliver and then you know okay well get me a faster horse yeah you know of course he will right so it doesn't what's you know, the quote from Royal Ascot who was that was that Frankie Frankie and Nakoni <laughs> all <laughs> connections all disappointed Frankie ah come back next year bring a faster horse. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Glad we booked him. <laughs> but just uh, the numbers on Pike, just to 
circle back. So last two years in WA, this is all rides. He's had 1,469. He's had 386 wins and expected wins 378. So he's actually ridden more winners than expected by the market. That's expected by the market, yeah. And that's a market that's been smooth for the VIG as well, right? So that's... um, that's meaningful. Yeah, I mean, he rides his um, impact value like his rides over random wins is, is massive. Anyway, I yeah. think only, I think it's actually he has a bigger impact in Perth, which oh, I suppose people would expect that, but he has a bigger impact than in Perth than J Mac has in Sydney. I think only maybe like Zach in Hong Kong is the the only one freak. that's comparable to having yeah. that sort of impact in a you know in a major jurisdiction. So um, yeah, he's and during that period, biggest losing sequence seventeen rides which I think is phenomenal. Yeah, I don't quite have my head wrapped around what that means, but um, it seems like you would have bigger outs, you know, over that, that sort of sample of rides. So It's interesting. I just, I I mean, part of me doesn't think it's actually going to happen. Like, I'd, I think he'll get here and then they're going to change the rules anyway. Oh, but, really? Yeah, I get the feeling. I don't think it's all... Um, I think they... I know there's talk. I mean, I'm hoping because it would be, I mean, what a get for during that period. Yeah, yeah look, I hope it happens because it's just, it's interesting. Yeah, it, it creates interest. And I mean, who wouldn't want to see Nash, Huey, J-Mac, Pike, Tommy all riding at Canterbury on a Wednesday? Because <laughs> yeah. that's all six runners. There's no other room. Yeah. yeah, so for instance, Jamie Carr, who also in two years has ridden more winners than expected by the market. Her biggest losing sequence during that period is 36, so double. So, yeah, he's, I mean, he's got freak numbers. I hope he comes over and I'm sure it'll be a success. I think he'll win the TJ on Mask Crusader and he'll win the Doncaster. So, easy game for Willie. There you go. Interesting to see he does get that right on Mask Crusader. Yeah, well, yeah. He did do a fantastic job for Hawks and they liked him. They were keen. They liked winners. They like. I wins. mean, he got Ole Kirk to win the guineas. He can't get out of his own way. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that was. There are things like that, aren't they? He's um, he's good at what he does. 